good evening, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me here. And, uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to start if it's not recovery, yeah? Because, uh, and I'm from the recovery fellowship for years and years and years. And they, when you first enter the program, they point out the root of the problem was obsession with self. This idea of self, not the large self so in some spiritual circles, meaning the all and everywhere, but the smaller self. And from the experiences I had when I was out there running around, and also when it started when I was about four or five, that that rang more true than any book I've ever read. The whole book of recovery, I've experienced every problem they describe, and also the effects that the solution will produce in one's life. Every one of them. And so, in recovery, they didn't bring it to back to I, which I believe is the real like uh, situation, which is identification as self. Which isn't, there is no self to be identified as, but it's the verb called identification as self. Yeah, It's not a noun, it's a verb. It's a mental process, because the verb of the mental process can never become a noun. It can only appear to be a noun, when the mind gets confused and takes the advertising, so to speak, yes? So let's just say, if there's an identification as self, the sense of seeing is now becomes a verb that you're doing, and you would call it a form of looking, like self-centeredness, yes? It's the same seeing that we talk about as being the primary subjectivity, but it has been sort of uh, hijacked and turned into a, a verb that you as the pseudo-noun is doing. Yeah, so I'm seeing, yeah, which is the truth. Every one of us in this room would have the same statement, I'm seeing you yeah, in this room. No matter what you were looking at, it would be I, let's say I meaning subjectivity yeah, or consciousness, yeah, seeing you. And so everyone is in this room, it's happening, I'm seeing you. And so if, my ment if I ask myself, who, who is... Who is this I that's seeing? It says it's me. Yeah. The me is what? It's an identified you. The I is seeing this as a you. The I is seeing that as a you. But the I that's seeing from this little camera location, when the mental process claims it, it calls it me. And it gives it the identification as being a body. Yeah? And so now this body is now what's seeing you. But the fact is, there's a seeing of that. The seeing is seeing the mental process claiming to be the seeing. Yeah? So there is an awareness or an ability to be conscious of the looking as not you, which is seeing. Yes? So when I'm seeing what I'm not, that's what I am. It's just the seeing of what I'm not. So when St. Francis says, what's looking is what you are looking for. Yeah? But really, what's looking is seeing. Yes? That's what's confusing me, because you believe what's looking is you. Yeah? So what's looking is you, is, the, is what the you is looking for. But the, the only confusion is, is that the you calls it me. Yeah? It calls what's looking me. <laughs> because the you... <laughs> is attempting to find itself, and it calls itself me, and so you believe I'm looking. 
I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting. Yes? And yet, in fact, the sense of being a you and the object yes, can never precede the true subject. No matter how much you want, and no matter how much you want to look, you're never going to see what's seeing. Yeah? But what the mental process does, it claims the seeing, and it calls it "I'm, I'm seeing," which causes it to become a form of looking. And one form of looking is called self-centeredness. So everyone has, is saddled with a mental process that views life as how it pertains to you, as the subject, but that you as an object. So you don't know how life pertains to you as a subject. You only know how life pertains to you as an object. So you become the center of life, and then life's not seen as just happening. It seems as if it's happening to you. Yeah? It's like this incredible vacuum effect, because life is an incredible activity, obviously. Manifestation is energy just taking form and going off. Yeah? And yet to suck that into this little black hole and say it's happening to me is unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But that self-centeredness has an incredible like strategy. When you're in it, you don't know you're in it because it's identification as. Yeah. You identify as it. So in one sense, self can never get out of self because every attempt to get out of self is being in self. If there's an identification as self, then everything... Let's say I go to a, like a class like this. Well, I don't want to say this. This one's a special. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't like all those other classes. <laughs> Keep coming back here. And buy shirts, too. <laughs> the shirts will help you. <laughs> so let's say I, I start... I take a class about we're going to study obsession about the obsession with self for two years. Yes, but if there's an identification as self, that's obsession with self. So you're actually obsessed with self when you're trying to get out of self, and you're upset. It's like last yesterday we we had a, a man at this meeting, and he was talking about how to get into the moment. You know, and there's a lot of books about how to get into the moment, but the whole point is. To entertain, there's no way you could be out of a moment. Yeah. Every moment that you've been in, you've been in. Yes? You, you, what you are really, and the moment are the same. There's no separation. There's no you in a moment, as if there's two. You and the moment, that's the engagement of life. And it's not one engaged with another. That's it. That's the verbing, yeah? So this, this idea, so I said to him, well, maybe, why not just entertain? You can't be out of the moment. Because every book you've ever read about getting into the moment, have you ever finished them? Really? Haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move to the next one. But the thing is, there's the belief that you can be out of the moment, which produces this need to get into the moment, which is actually the activity of, quote-unquote, being out of the moment. Studying to get into the moment is a form of being out of the moment, if there's the identification of self. In other words, there's nothing wrong with seeking, it's the seeker that makes it what it is. Yes? The seeker. Because if there's an identification with the seeker, then seeker and seeking are separate. There's the seeker doing something called seeking, but in fact, that's the doing. Yeah? 
the doing has this one pole called doer, and then there's the doing, but there is no doer. Yeah? It just appears that way. So there's nothing wrong with seeking, because people hear about, oh, now it's very uh, fashionable to try to give up seeking and be, become a non-seeker. <laughs> I'm busy non-seeking today. <laughs> you self can't get out of self. No matter how many gymnastics they do, you do, you're never going to get out of the fenced up area called self-centeredness as a self. And self can never transcend the system of self-centeredness because the system doesn't exist as a thing or a place. Yes? And if it could possibly, it could never possibly transcend it because it's a product of the system. It doesn't exist or seem to exist anywhere else but in self-centeredness. And I'm telling you, the mind, if entertaining the idea I'm not that, starts opening up, it picks up other downloads. And those downloads come from, I'm, not, I'm using an example or a name, a system that, that does not have self as a center. You start getting downloads that bypass, yes, bypass the self-centered system, and they get downloaded, and they get regurgitated, and then they, they appear, and you find out. Yeah? You don't know. Know is, like in Zen they say, the highest form of mind is I don't know. In that state of I don't know, you're in a position of finding out. That position of finding out is a very alert, very aware position, because you don't know. Yeah? The idea of knowing something neuters it immediately. You never meet it, because you know it already. Yeah? As soon as you say, I have a lot of people I see, and they always say, I, I know. I say, no, you don't know. Because if you did know, there would be a translation. I know that. No, you know, it constantly gets, re I know, I know, I know. But it blocks all kind of information. Yeah? But the I don't know opens you up to some downloads. Yes? And the downloads, because you and I are just forms of expression. There is no singularity. There is no solid, authentic you. Yeah? You are just a possibility in manifestation. And mind is what's manifesting. What can't be seen becomes seen here by its effects. Yeah? So when I come out of the bondage of self, I open up to other aspects of mind. And that mind, just like before when I was taken over, and there's, when I'm saying I, that's the language. We're using a subjective language that objects use. It's very difficult to, to communicate because it constantly reaffirms the basic dilemma taking an object to be a subject. So when these downloads come, yeah, the downloads come and they don't become knowledge. Yeah? They're not something you acquire or, or achieve or start building bookshelves to put on. It's very economical. It's very pared down. You have a sense of knowing, yes? That's all that is needed. And then the thought system is seen to be such, a, such an archaic system for a life to be led by thought. Yeah? Because if you look at the thought system, most people are, it's like listening to a radio station, K-Paul all day, right? or K-Mary. All day, it's just playing the golden oldies, and there's a lot of commercials about how you're going to be really good when this happens. It's never now. Yeah. It's always like a five-year Stalinist plan that you have to do, and then you'll be happy. Yes. <laughs> if you call up the factory, hey, I like that happiness now. Oh, no, we don't have any now. But 
you know, the layaway plan, buy the layaway plan. But, but if this, this station plan, yes, hey Paul, constantly all day, is if there is a bondage to self, in other words, self is not something it needs to be bonded to. So let's see if there's a bondage to self. It's this hypnotist that walks around in your head all day with you, that trances you out. And that bondage, that's like the glue that causes the mind to become bonded to a system called self-centeredness. Because it becomes identified with the center of that system, idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. A Paul. And if that becomes the primary condition, the best you can do is try to become spiritual. But you're trying to become spiritual as a body. But if I'm not that, which doesn't mean anything but a recognition, I'm not that. Like in, in, in Advaita terms, they say non-duality, but there are no non-duality meetings. There's nothing called non-duality. Non-duality means not to. It's just a negation of something that's been believed, yeah? The subject-object modality that's taken to be the way things are here, it's a negation of that. It's not like affirming anything else, because all that's necessary is to negating what's been taken to be so. Once you negate what's taken to be so, once there's a sense I'm not that, there is no one that turns around and starts looking for what it is. That's what it is, seeing what I'm not. That's the whole enchilada. It's incredibly quick because it's a timeless solution to an imaginary problem. Yeah? It's an imaginary problem, and the solution is timeless. In other words, it's available at all times, wherever you seem to be, with no requirements necessary. There's just the acknowledgement of what I'm not, yes? And as soon as you start seeing what you're not, there is a very, very strong hit when there's a sense that when you see something, that it's not you. Exactly. The same thing when you see the structure and the reinforcement and the building of a self through the thought and interpretive system, the sense of it's not you gets very strong because you're not seeing from it anymore. Yeah? You're not seeing from self. You're not looking for freedom as self, nor are you looking for freedom for self. You actually get freedom from self by seeing it. Because by seeing it, there's a very strong hit, I'm not that. Yeah? And everything, any value that has any value, any knowledge that has any value, just distills into that one point. I'm not that. Yeah? I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that. And it's in the seeing of that, that's what I am. Yeah? I'm not a noun. To me, there is no divine seer. There's just seeing. And we are, we are equipped with consciousness, and we can be conscious of it. But not like we're conscious of a thing, we, be, we intimate it. Yes? We intimate its presence. Instead of seeing things and looking, because I believe looking is a form of blindness, really, to the seeing. Because it's hijacked seeing, so you're really thinking you're seeing, but it's an interpretive version of it. Yeah? And... In, when, you're, when you're in the looking, you can never find the seeing, can you? It totally blinds you to the ever-present fact that all there is is seeing because there's a belief, I'm looking. Yeah? And no matter how hard you look, the, more you, the harder you look, the farther it seems to be. Yeah? It's when something collapses and you drop. Aha! Yes. An unspoken yes. 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 Yeah. 
<laughs> the mind gets a hint, finally. Yeah? And it comes out, we're in a yoga studio, it starts coming out of it, its mental yogic posture of selfing. Yeah? comes out of it, and it only has one asana, this system of yoga. I, me, my, you know, all day. It's just like this. And it comes out of it, and you sense the space of that, yes? You sense the space of the nature of mind, which is empty, yeah? You sense it, because you're conscious. There's consciousness available. And so it starts intimating no thing, and sometimes the, the, the foreground of being so involved in things as a thing starts moving to the background, and the background of no thing becomes the biggest influence. Yeah? So while you're looking, you're actually sensing seeing nothing. Because in fact, that's all that's happening here, is seeing nothing. Mind is seeing nothing. And while there's the experience of looking for something, there can be the sense of that seeing nothing. Yeah? To me, it translates here as a traveling lighter. Just start traveling later here. Because what, what you took and the meaning with that was given to things changes. Yes? Drastically. And most importantly, the meaning you give to this thing changes drastically. Because the biggest meaning the mind can give anything is that it's you. Yeah? The mind gave this meaning to this that it's you. So here I'm looking, yes, looking, yeah, seeing's happening. What happens in the identification of self? I see you, yes, and now the attention doesn't go back into attention. It hits this little billboard called Paul with my little happy face. So everything I look at, it boomerangs back to the one thing that believes is seeing, yeah. It's called the self-importance loop. So here I am looking all day, but everything I see, millions of things, only one person saw them. <laughs> all, the, all the reflections of everything I've run into reflect what? Me. Yeah? As the subject. But what happens is, if you know the movement of this place, it's a, of a dualistic movement, yes? So like tides, high and low, this and that, yeah? So the attention goes out, but the attention always goes this way too, yeah? But most of our attention is trapped into this loop because we've taken ourselves to be a body. So when it goes back in, we run into our image, how the mind holds us, yes? And it stops there. But if you start entertaining, I may not possibly be that, it gets very, very porous, and now the attention goes back, yeah? Now it's seeing nothing, yeah? While it's busily looking at something all day, and then looking at all the thoughts about what you looked at, yeah? It starts seeing nothing at the same time, and this will override the effect of the looking at things. Yeah? The sense of seeing nothing, and it's a constant well. It doesn't, there's no pinpoint, there's no location, it just goes, yeah? It's a constant burden, and its influence can be felt here, yeah? But if it gets commandeered by being identified as a body, it's like painting a two-way mirror and making one side seemingly opaque, yeah? So now the attention is never going into no thing, it just goes into the thoughts about things, yes? It goes into you as the thinker about things, you are the one who this happened to, it just gets stuck in this orbit around this planet Paul, yeah? It doesn't break out, so it's still going out this way, but it's getting stunted, yeah? 
This time, if I maybe I'm not that, it's a two-sided mirror. The attention sees, reflects, like consciousness reflects things. It also reflects your original face of nothing. At every moment you're looking at things, there's the constant reflection of nothing in mind. The constant reflection of awareness. Constantly. Constantly. It never, never blinks. Because the attention is totally fulfilled because it never comes upon a thing. It's seeing nothing. It goes on and on and on and on. Yeah? And that flavor of spaciousness comes over you here. And what was once seemingly very heavy starts to become light. Yeah? Of course, if you've ever had like an epiphany, like they talk about epiphanies, Probably no one here has that. No. This is a very big spiritual seeking room, I know. Lots of epiphanies. Well, if you ever look at an epiphany, what really is it but the absence of self? Yeah? And really, the, in, the inherent quality of selfing is that it is absent, actually. So the epiphany is just a free sample of really a state that's always available. Yeah. Let's say, have you ever made a reservation for an epiphany? Did you ever call ahead, like my friend? Did you ever order Kenny G music, you know, some candles, get a, you know, eagle claw bathtub? Yes, I'm going to have a long one this time. You know. Sit back. No, no, an epiphany sort of vertically inserts into your, you know, linear story, yeah? And it interrupts it. Yet, if you notice, when it seems to end, there's an arising in mind of, I just had an incredible epiphany. <laughs> And as soon as the eye comes and arises it, and it's taken to be you, then there's a feeling that this you was also before the epiphany. And it gets a sense of historicalness. Yeah? So the claiming not only verifies and neuters the epiphany, it also ensures the belief of the story because it has a historical feel. Yeah? But in fact, that thing that claimed the epiphany was never at the epiphany. And the thing that's claiming your life has never actually been at your life. It's always a little bit late. It's always like that reporter that comes to the scene of the crime a little bit late and starts asking, what happened? <laughs> but in this case, it's, it's got a lot of pride, so it doesn't ask what happens, it tells you what happened. Yet it wasn't actually there. <laughs> Let's just say, there's a, you know, in Buddhism, a lot of Buddhism, they, they're waiting for the last moment. That's their big event, yeah? When are you going to cross over at the point of dying? So let's just say, in your life, your mind has been on a little time delay. That you haven't really been aware of the conscious contact, yes? You've been listening to the story about the conscious contact, yeah? And the processing of the conscious contact into the story takes time. So the moment actually something's occurring... You're not inherently there for all intents and purposes. You get the message of, about being there the second or so later, yeah? or maybe half a second later. Yeah? So in a way, we're waiting for the mind to tell us what's going on. Yeah? So let's say there's that habit of that, and each day you're living, and maybe in this case you're thinking, I'd really like to get in the moment, but you can never get in the moment. Yeah? Because what's wanting to get in the moment is the product of a story about really from out of the moment. 
It's the next moment, so to speak. So here we go. What happens at the, the last moment in your life where you've been waiting, all your life you've been waiting for your head to tell you what's happening, and suddenly there's the point of dying, and the body goes, and when the body goes, the narrator goes, and so you're in like limbo because you're waiting to be told what happened. <laughs> so basically you missed the biggest bus of your life. <laughs> Wait, did it go by? <laughs> His contact is is prior to the narration of it. Yeah. And I would say, if if there's a sense of being of if there's a sense of seeing, and then there's an object that's claiming to be the seer, but there's the sense of seeing, and the seeing seems to precede the object that's claiming it's the seeing, I would say, aren't you more the seeing than the object that's claiming it? I would say the seeing is is the prior you to the made up you, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. So that's seeing, and the seeing all day is being demonstrated in conscious contact. Yes. The manifestation is in contact by consciousness. There's a reflection of what's happening because there's something to pick up the reflection, which is not you. It's consciousness. Yeah. That consciousness can also pick up the presence of awareness. It has the ability to see, but it's not, a, it's not a vision of eyes, but it's more like the single eye that and then your whole body will be full of light. The mind is seeing, yeah? and, it has, and the, the opportunity of consciousness here can be conscious of that seeing, even though it doesn't see it or feel it or taste it or touch it or smell it, yeah? but it can sense it, it can intimate it, yes? Yeah. That's the presence. The presence is... The self's absence, and the self is inherently absent. It's inherently absent. There is no self. There's just an appearance when a mind is listening to the selfing, yeah? And it believes the little hook that the selfing implies. Because the way the mind in self-centeredness thinks it can't entertain just verbin, it always has to have a noun in it. So if I don't believe I did something, and I can't pin it on you doing it, I'll say God did it. There's always got to be a divine seer, but there's just seeing. There's never a point there's, it becomes a noun. There's nothing that anyone is doing, in a sense. There's just doing. Yeah. There's just verbing. And if I could be a terrible, junkie, down-and-out addict robber out there, and then become a whatever, <laughs> here, let's say a saint, <laughs> let's say a saint, then I must be neither of them. If my inherent nature was to be a junkie, that's what I'd be. If my inherent nature was to be a saint, that's what I'd be. I can't be both, because I don't have any inherent nature in the expression here. I'm just whatever's taking this over, expresses itself. Yeah. And I, don't, I can't say what takes you over, but I'll tell you, you'll know it by its fruits, so to speak, yes? Like Jesus supposedly said that you can't, you know, you know a tree by its fruits. You can never see the tree, but you can tell the tree by the fruits. If a good tree can't bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bring forth good fruit, so you'll know the tree by the fruit, yes? So in a sense, you can't know what's so, but you, it can be intimated by the fruits, by its effects here, yes? You can sense it. <laughs> 
And the sense of it is like spacious and presence in a way. You want to call it presence. It doesn't have any past or future to it. It's only the mental realm. See, what happens in addiction, for me, is there's, there is this manifest here, and let's say there's the hope that there's, there's an unmanifest here, and then there's a mental realm, and the mental realm has a here, but it's not the here that you're in, you know? It's not the conscious contact realm. It has a here, though, but this here ha- is all made up of there and then. It's all the conditional idea of time, past and future. And so, when you're up here, you can't really tell the difference between the two, because the same format, you look at trees and people, and yet, it's totally different, because here is just here, yeah? But this here is there and then. So you have a lot of conditioning going on. A lot of mind streams are having huge influence, and your consciousness can't help but reflect it, because you're identified as the central character up there, yes? There's an, uh, there's an incredible slavery of your interest and attention to that idea of being you. And so you really appear, not here, but you appear up here. Because here you, you are thought about. And look at your thought system. If you think of yourself in the future, how are you pictured when you're thinking about yourself? Let's say you're worried about what's going to happen to you in four years. What does that you look like that you're worried about happening to? A body, yeah? When, when the thought system thinks about you, it thinks about you as a body. And when it thinks about you in the past, it thinks about you as a body, yes? So this mental system called self-centeredness has found an object to fixate on, and it can place that object anywhere else at any other time and think about it. And so when people talk about fear here, it's not fear. A fear is a valid emotion. When something happens to scare the bejesus out of you, it's very good to have the fear reaction because it gives you adrenaline to fight or to take flight, yes? But most of us are in mental anxiety. So, the, you know, like they had in the Bible, Jesus uh, resurrected Lazarus, and it was like one of his top ten miracles, I guess. You know, maybe number two or one. So he resurrected this guy, and it was an incredible thing, feat. But at least Lazarus was alive. Every day, we're, we're, we're making something out of nothing. We're producing an effect of anxiety yeah, about, by thinking about something that's not happening. Yeah? And yet, by our devotion to that, by our faith in the thought system, it can produce a miracle of having an effect in the manifestation. And that effect in the manifestation will inhibit your able ability to respond to here, Yeah, because you're reacting to what's not here. That's the mental here. That's the mental realm, yeah. And most people, they are going to an imaginary field, their minds, it's not people, their minds, and they're they're harvesting an imaginary crop, oh, what could happen to me next year? And they're downloading it onto this field of manifestation. And then they also farm it, and they eat it. And they try to spread it to others. That's why we have huge phone bills and everything. Let me tell you about what's not happening. Let me tell you, you know. <laughs> when people come and see me and they're flipping out, I say, well, show me. What are you flipping out about? Let me see it. Well, uh, did you leave it at home? No. I, 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 can't, I can't see it. I can't feel it. Because it's actually not happening on the level of manifestation. It's appearing in their head. But 
life, their devotion. People think you need to get faith. We have tons of faith. Everybody in this room has this a mind potential called faith. It's what vehicle you put it in. That's how, that's what directs its manifestation. If you have faith in a failed thought system, you're going to live in anxiety. You're going to be afflicted by overly being concerned about what's not happening. And no matter how much you want to get in the moment, you've already signed up. You've already pledged allegiance to the mental here. But the same faith, if it's free from that devotion to that thought system, it produces an ease and comfort in the situations where you seem to be appearing in. The same faith looks like they're dramatic different results, but it's the exact same potential energy. And you don't gather faith or achieve it, it's a, it's a part of the mind's nature. It's like Jesus would say, as you believe, so it is, exactly. Yeah? You can make something out of nothing. That's a miracle worker. <laughs> so this, how can I lose interest in that realm? As a self, there's no fucking way. Yeah? But if I'm not, I'm not a self, it's like here, if I was sitting in this room and there was a meeting in this room, and there was some woman I wanted to know biblically, let's say that, you know, I'd really like to get to know her, and I think in, in my head, in what's not happening, I'm already married to her, I have a kid, and everything, yeah? She hasn't even met me, but I'm really concerned, you know, I want, you know, I'm listening, trying to hear what she has to say. And I'm supposed to be doing a talk, and I'm just, you know, listening, listening, listening. And someone comes up to the thing and says, here's a book about how to stop listening to conversations in other rooms. And I page her, put it down, listening, listening, listening. But then she finally starts to talk, and she starts talking about Mac, right? My name is Paul. As soon as I hear it's about Mac, what happens? I do not have to take a workshop. I do not have to read a book. My interest and attention immediately leaves, immediately leaves the conversation. Where does it go? Here. Yeah. The same saying. If this is the entertaining, I'm not the center of this thought system. I am not what's being thought about, nor am I the thinker. Yes? Nor am I the thinker. If I'm not that, what happens, what happens with me is the interest and attention that's enslaved to that idea, that's actually illuminating it all day, gets dismissed, and it goes somewhere else. And it becomes an enriching factor in my life. My interest and attention enriches my life now, every day. Where before it was like a drain of life. It was going into a black hole of self, yes? Every time it went in there, what it brought back was anxiety and worries that weren't even happening. So how did you get to this point? How did you... Well, not at any point. There's no point to get to. It's just movement. Hmm? <laughs> I, there was just a scene on not that you that believes it could probably collapse that system. The system is the sense of being a you. Yes. So what collapses it is seeing you're not that. The you collapsing it would be still part of the system. But it's the seeing I'm not that which would really like it to collapse and would really like it to uh, and I'd really like to do something to cause it to collapse. <laughs> that I'm not. And in not being that, the effects of the system, the system still goes on, but its influence and emphasis and effects in this life have changed dramatically. Yes? The system doesn't stop, the selfing continues. 
But the selfing's product isn't... See, people say, oh, the selfing's driving me crazy. That's the demonstration of the product of selfing, that there was one to be driven crazy. You know what I mean? Now, as the product of the system, they're complaining about the system. The selfing is just implies a sense of being a you. That's the product of it. It's a sense of being a you when everything's going great, and the sense of being you when everything's not going great. That's the selfing. The act, the selfing, the mental process is just happening. But the product is when you take yourself to be yourself. Yes? That's where the bondage occurs. It's like the movie isn't good, it's the audience that makes it good. Yeah? The movie really sucks, if you can see it. It really does. It's the same old, same old. You know what I mean? Paul in Nigeria, Paul in <laughs> Africa, whatever. It's the same, same, you know? Yeah. But it's the audience. Like Ramana Maharshi made a nice statement once in one of his books. He said, all right, so here you are sitting in the auditorium watching the movie, and you see that it's unreal, yeah? There's a clear vision that it's unreal. But there's a sense that there's a youth seeing it as unreal. He says, what's actually happening is much larger. You're in the circle. The auditorium's in the circle. Yes? The feeling of you seeing something as unreal is part of the circle. And that sense of you never leaves the circle of content. Never. It's always in content. It never is never able to put itself prior to the presence of the seeing. Yeah? Or the awareness. There's no way. So, self can't get out of self. There's not a certain fence, yeah, that you can hit and then jump over. And then you're out of self. <laughs> the, the selfing is like a mobile fence, yeah? It's not, there's only, it's not like just 50 acres. It can also encroach on the branch of spirituality. There'll be tons of selfing, yes? Claiming it's not a self. It's, it's not a fixed fence. It's when the identification is in place, yeah? It can't get... You know what I mean? Every time the self appears, it's the fence. That's why self can't get out of self. It's like there isn't a, a, sta a stagnant self that the mobile self, you are going to get out of. <laughs> this is the good news. Yeah? <laughs> you can get the need to be liberated can drop immediately <laughs> this is the transcendence right here this is the depth of it all right here exactly as it is this is it <laughs> but not to you <laughs> this is it to you is something else that's what happens it's like if you offer nothing the mind will make it something. Every time. You know, we have an old story where we use the lion and the sheep. I don't know if you heard it, right? The lion and the sheep. Uh, <laughs> so there's a young lion uh, and his mother are running around and then the, the mother gets killed so the young lion is orphaned, orphaned. And so it's roaming around, doesn't know what to do and it sees a herd of sheep and it runs after the sheep. And the sheep see it as a lion and they're afraid. But then they realize this lion doesn't know it's a lion, yeah? So they get, they, the, the herd adopts the lion, and the lion starts living like a sheep. 
starts chewing cud and trying to bah, you know. And everyone's sitting around talking about who's going to be the next sweater and is trying to show concern. Yes. It's a bad, I hope that doesn't happen this winter. And, you know, there's a lack. Something feels not right. You know, there's an irritable restlessness, discontent. But he's, he's a sheep, and that's that. You know, he's trying to make the best of it. So after about four years of this, and he, uh, this old lion comes into the field and sees the herd of sheep and wants to eat. And it starts running after the herd, and the herd takes off. And then out of the corner of its eye, the old lion sees his young lion and thinks the young lions join in him in the hunt. But then it, he realizes the young lion's running away from him too. So he's pretty perplexed by this, so he changes course and grabs the young lion. And the young lion rolls on its back and goes, please, please, Mr. Lion, don't eat me. I'm a humble sheep. And now the old lion just looks at it and grabs it and drags it to this pond and they, he sticks both their heads over the water and the young lion sees the reflection and he wakes up. Yeah? I'm a lion. And then the old lion says, roar. And it roars. It doesn't have to take three months of roaring classes. It's a, it's a very quick leap. It doesn't take any time because it's a timeless solution because the problem was imaginary. If the problem was real, it would take time to undo it. But the reason why the solution is timeless is because the problem is imaginary. As soon as he saw his reflection, he woke up. But what happens with us, in a way, there's an identification as a sheep, and we come to meetings about lions, yeah? And so the message is, you're a lion. And then you hear it. Here it comes. You're a lion. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. And it hits the ear, and now it becomes, I can become like a lion. The sheep system, the self-centered system, hears the message of nothing and makes it something. Here's the message, you're a lion. But it can't help but turn it into, I can become like a lion, because its precedent is already set. It's a sheep. Mm -hmm. Yes? There's already a prior identification. You are not... An objective seeker. It's already been subjectified. You've, you've already taken yourself to be something. It's entrenched. The mind is rooted in it. The whole self-centered system grows from it. The idea of a self, yes? So when you hear the message of a lion, you like it. Because sheep probably would like to have be like a lion. They could kick some cheap ass, you know, if they were a lion. Yeah? They could rip something's throat out and stuff. So what happens is... We get together and we start a little meeting, an underground meeting, and sheeps get together and we found a book about lions and there's some pictures, so like these pictures here, we put the lions in frames and we put little garlands around it and we stick them around, yes, and now all the sheeps are staring at the lions and thinking, oh, I'd love to be a lion, and they're having roaring classes and they all sound like, bah, bah, hey, your roar is getting better, yes, and they're all hoping and get hair straightening and get a mane instead, you know, what the hell these pearls, you know? and, and it seems very noble, certain, certain amount of sheep would think it was a very noble endeavor, man, it's incredible, Jimmy the sheep's trying to become like a lion, you're looking stronger, Jimmy, keep on going, bro, yeah, but in fact, the idea that the sheep, the precedent is in place, will always defeat them. Because the most they could ever have is to have an experience of what they think is to be like a lion. Which is really living in the mental system. The mental system is still playing God because it's now given your view of the idea of what a lion would be like. Just like here, when you come into spiritual, quote, unquote, spirituality, you have a lot of ideas of how people should be like, you know. 
how teachers should be like, how gurus should be like, how this should be like. Where did they come from? When I first met my first guru when I was 18, I had never had any spirituality, but I had thousands of ideas of how it should be. And the weirdest thing was, all the followers of this guy were chanting, he's the Lord of the Universe, yeah? So there's the Lord of the Universe, and there's me, and I don't like the Lord of the Universe. What the fuck does that make me? I was in such a freaking vice of the mental here, I wanted to get out of it. I was trying to think of how I could hit him with like a time delay dart. So in the motorcade, he died like 50 yards away, and they could never trace it back to me. I had to get rid of this guy out of my life, because he's the Lord of the Universe. I had tons of concepts about that. I don't like the Lord Universe. I had tons of concepts about that, and it was like hell. I was living a mental hell, and the spirituality is meant to save you, and it was just incarcerating me for five years. Yeah. <laughs> so here, <laughs> so what would happen if the sheep? See, that's why the message is: is question the sheephood. Yeah. Like, don't talk about the ocean of bliss. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to, if I'm identified as a wave, it doesn't matter how much I study the ocean, no matter how much I jump into the ocean, no matter how much I dive under the ocean, I'll never have the real sense of being the ocean because there's been a precedent set already. I'm a wave. The distinction causes a huge gap. Even though I'm right next to the ocean, I'm swimming in the ocean, I can smell the ocean, it still produces a great gap in time and space because there's an identification as a wave. I'd much rather turn the attention on the wave. If you realize you're not a wave, that's the ocean. Immediate, I mean, immediately, that's the ocean. And then you don't know the ocean, you'll find out what it's like. Yeah? Usually what happens, what gets washed away is all the knowing what it's like. Yeah? That's the last debris that goes. The debris that really goes is the knowing what you thought it was going to be like. Because it's not like that. It's a finding out. And it's totally revelatory because you're never in the know. You never have prior knowledge to how it's happening. There's, you're never in the know. There's always the un, not knowing and, that's, and then that gets filled up. Yes? It's not like, and it's never going to stop. It's that way. The I don't know opens up, and then it, then there's a knowing, but you can't claim it, you cannot have it, you can't privatize it, you can't own it, and you can't sell it. All you can do is share it, yes? Maybe share it with a clumsy finger and point towards it, and even deny and negate that finger. But every one of us here has the unspoken yes. This... This message or invitation is a catalyst. That's all. It's like if your car broke down, and you know, so you take the air filter off, and you put a couple of drops in the gas, yeah? Then it turns on. You don't keep pouring gas in the carburetor. It'll stall it again. This is just like that. It's an invitation. It's not a 50-page invitation. I don't have to do freaking four-day retreats from 9 to 11, because we'd be like beating a dead horse. It's a subtle transfer there's an energy here, hopefully, and it, it does something, yes? It enters into the schematics of mind and starts moving around there. And a message is the same thing. I, I don't want to get a four-minute message of my voicemail. I don't. I just want, I'll, I'll be there at 9.30. This is just like that. 
But what this has a value in is repetition. Yeah? It's short and sweet, but it can be repeated. As soon as it starts getting elongated, and you're thinking you're getting more because you're paying more money, and it's, and it's an all-day event, to me, you've now taken nothing and timelessness and put it into time. It's another way of hiding it. This is immediate. It's an immediate. It's prior to what thought was sitting down. It's prior to that. It was already in the seat before the seat was put here. It's like here. Let's use the example of space. Yeah? That's a nice one. Yeah, so here, all right. Let's say this chair's been here for 50 years. And a lot of important asses have sat on this chair. <laughs> a lot of really incredible things have been said. Yes? And there's a lot of honoring of that chair. Okay? So let's say I move the chair. And you can't see it. Let's say you can't see it. The only way you can know the chair now is memory. That's actually how you're known. Yeah. Is memory. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just the memory of you. Yeah. And so, all right, we look at, so now the chair is empty. I mean, this, where the chair was. Did I have to go into a closet and get like a, some space that was shaped like that chair and put it in really fast? Did that chair actually take up space? Did it move any space out of the way when it was here? Or was it more like an appearance in the space? And if you looked at where that reality of that chair was, you could only tell its reality by its effects. What could it affect? It shaped the floor, you know, it could have made a little thing. If it hit the wall, it may have scratched it there. But did it affect the space in any way? So in a sense, is that actually real? If it has no effect on the space it's in? Or is it the space that's real? And the chair was an appearance in it. Like if you took this wall down... There is not a giant wall-like space I have to move back in. You think the wall separates this from that, but it's all space, yes? And so, in a sense, the wall is an appearance in space. What's the difference of me, then? You see me, and I can move away, and now you don't see me, but you have a memory of me, yeah? But where did I affect the space? Can I grab the space? Can I find its neck and throttle it? The most heinous thing I ever did, I could go home to my hometown and go where it happened and there would be no signs of the effect of that thing on the space. Yeah? See the sky. Check out the sky. Things appear in the sky. Fourth of July explosions. Did they ever rip the sky open? When a plane's flying in the sky, did they ever call back to the terminal and say, hey, I ran into a big chunk of sky? <laughs> when it rains, does the sky get wet? Or does it, is it just an appearance, the earth? Yeah? Mind is like sky. Yeah. Whatever wants to appear in it, or comes up and appears in it, literally has no effect on what it's appearing in. Yes? It only has effects on other appearances. Yes? The only thing I can affect in life is another appearance. And first of all, the only way this can be affected in life is from another appearance. If I hit this appearance, it's going to hurt. But the space, the space of sky, everything is allowed to appear in it. And yet nothing leaves a lasting impression on it. Yes? That's what mind's like. That's exactly what it's like. But when it's taken to be a thing, it's thrust into giving the meaning of reality to all other things. 
And in that getting engaged in thingness, it forgets or loses its sight of no-thingness. And so the more it looks, the more blind it is. Because the looking is the form of illness. Because it's self-centeredness. Yeah? It's looking from a thing at a thing. Yeah? So the more I try to practice new ways of looking, the more blind I get to the natural seeing. seeing things, you'll see the emptiness of them. <laughs> and when you see, you'll see the fullness of the space and the emptiness of things. Instead of the fullness of things and not noticing the space. Yeah? <laughs> it's enlightenment on crack, like the lady said. <laughs> Sometimes when I didn't really want to go to the bathroom, but I had to go to the bathroom, like, you know, trains in India. The last thing I wanted to do was use that bathroom, but I had to go to the bathroom. I had no control of my bowel movements, yes? But we actually, and it's so funny because here, we, because of the, the self-centered position, when thoughts are seen, there's always the thinker, yeah? 
Because when a verb is noticed, it has to, a noun has to be placed in it. So the thinking is being seen, but there's a belief or a sense that I'm the thinker. Yeah? And it's an incredible leap when you can't even control your bowel movements. Yeah? It's like, who's here is digesting the food they ate earlier? You know? If you were, it was up to you, you would have like a burrito from three weeks ago in there, waiting. You know, oh, I forgot that freaking burrito. I gotta, get, I gotta go home. Bye, I gotta go home and digest. Yeah? So much stuff is happening involuntarily, yet this very subtle process of the brain, yes, and mind, of thinking, and yet there's a sense of being the thinker. Yeah? And I'll tell you, a thought and my thought are totally different. When a thought is held as a thought, in other words, it's seen, and that's that, it's much different than after it's claimed, because when it becomes my thought, just like we use this all the time, but put the word sex up there, and put the word money up there, and put the word relationships up there, and now everyone weigh it, yeah? If you're not having sex, it may mean a lot, and if you don't have any money, it may mean more. It all has a different meaning based on the subjective view. But now, to add a lot of weight, just add one word. My money. My sex. My relationships, yes? Tons of stories are written about my money. Tons of stories are written about my relationships. And let's just say, let's say to live here, and where are we, Haverford? Maybe if you had a million dollars, you could live here comfortably for a year, let's say. Yeah? Objectively speaking. So basically, anyone who had a million dollars, a sense of ease should come over them somewhat. Yeah? But, and that would be money, if you saw money. But if you're seeing the money as my money, and there's an old idea in you that you're never going to have enough, you're going to be very anxious living in Haverford with a million dollars. Yeah? And there's never going to be enough money to convince you yeah, that of, that old, of the lie of that old idea. Yes? And that... that my, that money, that idea of money gets injected into money, yeah, mm -hmm. by the my. Mm -hmm. Without the my, that meaning, that, all those meanings in your conditional, what, what, the, what the name Paul represents, all these conditional ideas and, and beliefs and this and that, yes, when that money comes by and it's seen as my money, there's a huge injection of meaning from that system of thought called self-centeredness and it's put into that money. So like in the Course of Miracles it would say, you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. So there's the money and suddenly you call, oh, my money, then all the meaning it has is given by the you. Not you, the you. And the you represents a lot of catacombs of conditionings and old ideas. And every day it's being given the opportunity to manifest. It's just latently there, yes? It's just a potential, a possibility. But the bridge into manifesting is the my. Every time. The my is in place, and it, these, you never even hear the march of the meaning. You never, it's just, it's just taken to be. That's what money is. No, it isn't. That's not what money is. That's the meaning that was given to money. That was just like if you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you're having a lot of fun, yes? You just met them or whatever, having a great time. Then one night it hits a point where you call her my girlfriend. Maybe a month later you're up on stalking charges. Yeah? <laughs> you're breaking into her internet, checking her mail, because you, you believe you have the right to know what my girlfriend's doing. Everything changes with my. Everything. That's the act of being identified.
The body, my body. Thoughts, my thoughts. Feelings, my feelings. Time, my time. Yes? The my is the act of identification. This is the ongoing bondage and manifestation to the mental realm. You're not bonded to here. This place here is just the, is the manifestation of what's not here. The unmanifest. What we're bonded to is the mental realm here. We're bonded to it. Yes? There's not one moment that it doesn't intrude. All the stuff about the past and all the stuff about the future flavors every moment of your life. It has total access into it. It's downloading constantly. And it's crossing over the bridge of my all day. And the mind's never even said anymore. The belief, the feeling of being a thinker isn't, isn't coinciding with every thought. It's right in place. The whole, whole kitten caboodle of thoughts. So 70,000 thoughts a day supposedly occur. The whole kitten caboodle of thought is just, just lovingly claimed by one belief. I'm the thinker. Every one of those thoughts now is your thought. Yeah? It's like most of it. Let's say a thought weighed an ounce. Yes? And so every day you're traveling with 70 ounces, 70,000 ounces. And you're used to it. You can go uphill. It doesn't even, you don't even notice it, yeah? You've been traveling with it for so long. All right, now let's add, let's put the word my in it. And the my means is that identification. Now each one of them weighs a pound. Now you're weighing 70,000 pounds a day you're traveling. You're not traveling through here. You're dragging there and then with you. All freaking day. Every time you camp in a beautiful, pristine area, the shit of there and then arises. When everything's going great, you can't enjoy it because you believe it won't be later. You're so addicted, the time is, has a huge influence. That's why people can't enjoy peace of mind, because they, while the peace of mind's available, they don't think it will be available later. They think it somehow is going to run away, or it's going to be infrequent, or it's going to move. No, it's the mind's producing all that distance. You see it. And, and in the scene of it, I'm not that. And that's what I am, the scene. That's being demonstrated in seeing what I'm not. I am that scene. I can't, you can't call it a thing. It's just seeing. See, in this other way of seeing, things are verbs. The, big, the greatest thing of all is not a thing. It's a verb, yet it's much more substantial than anything. It's much more profoundly powerful than the heaviest thing in this world. The nothingness, which is never seen as a thing, is the greatest thing of all. And the mind is and of that. And there's consciousness here to reflect it, and to access it and allow it to download. It's available at all times with no requirement necessary. And there's no one to give it to you. You're your own authority at the end, yes? The unspoken yes isn't given to you. You don't need someone to, to confirm the echo of it. There's, you get it. Yeah. There's no people that are awake and you're not awake. Awakeness is just a possibility. If it's access, there's awakeness happening. There's no one who got it. How could you, could the whole say it has water when water's moving through it? Could it actually say, I own this water 
when actually it's just a con- conduit or a conveyor of the water? Could the hose actually claim what's moving through it? It would be a really dry hose if it did. <laughs> There's just no... Awakeness is a verb. <laughs> it's mind accessing or not accessing. Yeah? Mind accesses? Awakeness seems to... Uh, Manifest or be emphasized. If it doesn't access, awakeness doesn't seem. And then in the selfing, awakeness becomes a thing that I want to get. But that wanting to be a, the idea of being a thing, wanting to get it, when it's dismissed, the access is there. You have your peak moments, yeah? But then, of course, there's a claiming of it, and that peak moment is now used by the self to beat the shit out of yourself the rest of your life. I wish I'd been trying to get back to that one moment for the last 30 years. Give me a break. It takes a little bit of heaven and uses it as the hellish quality for the next 30 years. It claims everything, takes advantage of everything. It's sort of like a parasitical movement. Yes? It doesn't have a life. It has to grab an opportunity to express here. So it has, because we're identified as it, and it's busy expressing its characteristics into this life. And we seem to be claiming it as ours, and there's a huge suffering with that. Because it doesn't fucking make sense. Why can't I receive love? Why can't I give love? Why can't I whatever? And it's a very confusing position. Because you're claiming like a foreign installment's behavior and characteristics as yours. It's an illness in a way. It's a pretty heavy illness. But there is a solution. The problem is inherently, truly imaginary. Is there any questions? talk about techniques or something, but I think the best one I come across still is uh, subjective questioning that has no opinion about what's being, like let's say your mind's worrying about next week, the attention's not anything about should you or shouldn't you be worrying, it's just asking who is it that's worrying, yes? Just a subjective question. In recovery I like to use, is this God? <coughs> is this is this playing God? Because in how we call the domination of the system of thought, we call it playing God. Yeah? So it plays God. Yeah. It plays God in your life, right? So you wake up in the morning and you think you know the, what the day's going to be like. I would say that's a form of playing God, yeah? yeah? You haven't been in the day yet, but you think you know. Yes? I think I know how you are, how I'm going to be, how they're, they're going to be. Yeah? There's a knowing. But if you see life, if you saw life as a card game, you get the 8 a.m. card at 8 a.m. You don't get the 4 p.m. card at 8 a.m. You get served one card at a time. In the, in the mental realm, <laughs> in that card game that they, we call here, when it's brought into this little parlor, every card has there and then in it. A deuce may mean something it didn't mean before. And it always forecasts you as a loser. Inevitably. 
And yet you seem to be stuck in the card game, but you think you know already. Oh, I'm not this guy. I'm going to sucks. I'm going to lose. Yeah? This is the mental realm playing God. I can't seem, you can't seem to call it off. But if you're not that, it's, it's, the, it's actually the experience of it being called off. Yeah? You can't seem to call it off. But if you see it, you're not that, which is playing God, that's the experience of it being called off. Yet you can't call it off. But that's the experience that you would call calling it off. I'm not that which plays God. Yeah? It can only play God in your head, your own little porno theater. See, what you're worrying about can't affect me because I don't see it. It can only affect you because you're seeing it. Yeah? It's a very small God. do that much of it. I just see what's claiming them to be its, is it not me? Because it can claim a little bit of, it, of, of, of information, it can claim a lot of bit of information, but what claims it is the same, the idea of being you. So I don't care how much or how little is being claimed, what I care about what's claiming it. If I'm not what's claiming it, then I, don't, I never get called to the luggage room or the missed luggage. It's not mine. It can go to Atlanta. So I don't care. What? So That's right. I'm not what claims it. It's not. It's impossible to stop claiming. I'm what. I'm not what claims it. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. If I'm not what claims it, I don't care if it claims all fucking day. It's like that. It's, it has nothing. I'm what gives it the juice. Yeah. My compliance, my believing in the system, is what lights it up. Yes. It doesn't have its own, it can't generate its own power. It's like a parasitical. It needs to have a power source. And it's basically using, for lack of a better word, you. Yeah? yeah. Yes? I don't know if this is a question, or maybe I'm looking for a further comment. But what I, what I heard you say kind of was um, you begin to see space with more depth and what we see as the solid becomes nothing. And Not nothing. It is nothing, really, but it's, you still see it, yeah. yeah. Um, and I had, when you said that, what, what flashed into my mind was like a negative of a, of a picture. You know, like we see, like the light becomes a dark and the dark becomes a light. And uh, I guess it's the first time it's, like I've ever, it's like something that hit me in that way. I'm just wondering if you could just, if it's even possible to talk a little bit more about that type of scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a type of scene. Or yeah, scene. yeah, scene. scene. Yeah. Well, let's just say yeah. I'm sitting here. So there, this would be like, this would be an exaggerated version of entertaining, yeah? There's a space, and there's a scene of the space. Now, I'm not seeing anything, but there's a, there's a, a sense of seeing. Yeah? It's almost as, as if you're doing something, but you're not doing anything. But there's a sense of like if you did something. Like if I looked at something, yeah, it would produce an effect. Let's say if I looked at my girlfriend, I'd be happy or whatever. You know, lusting after her, who knows, whatever. Yeah? There would be things. But there's, there's sort of like an effect, but they're seeing nothing. Yeah? So while I'm seeing, I sense the space in there, and it has a huge effect, but it's nothing. 
And it has a much bigger effect than the things. So it's sort of like that, the dark and light. Yeah? Before, all the concentration would be what you call the positive of the photo, but it, that, all the positive comes out of the negative. Yeah? So in the negative actually holds the whole picture, but it's a different way of seeing. Yeah? So if you negate the positiveness of this, if you negate the sense of being part of this picture, yes, not denying it, but negating it, I'm not that, then your eye gets trained to see the prior part of the negative. Yeah? It's like a complete deprogramming. <laughs> well, it's just like, it's, no, see, most people are in self-centeredness, which is one form of looking. There's other aspects of mind that can be accessed, yeah, that don't have self as a center. So the way seeing will translate, it won't be so much a form of looking. While you're looking, this form will stay in place, this activity, but the mind will open up like an eye and see while there's the looking at things. There'll be a seeing nothing. And seeing nothing has a big effect. It's not like it's, there's no effect because you don't run into anything. It has a huge effect because you don't run into anything. Yeah? It's like the gaze is, takes you out of time into timelessness. It's like you see the really biggest thing is nothing. Yeah? I'm, I hope I'm getting it across. It's a different flavor. It's a flavor... It doesn't have much to do with the looking, though looking is, is piggybacking on seeing, yeah? But the seeing nothing is like, in a way, the third eye. You know, I don't like to use that example, but like Jesus says, if your eye be single, your body will be full of light, yeah? While your eye is like bifocal, that's a dualistic way of looking. So you're seeing things as difference, yeah? And in all the difference, all the... Emphasis on the difference, you don't see the sense the space that they're appearing in, yes? When you look at space, you think it's nothing. I look and there's nothing happens. You know, I don't meet something I like or don't like, I don't feel. But that neutrality is an incredible space where there's no like or dislike. There's nothing, seeing nothing. But there, it's, a, it's an event of this place. It's like an event, seeing nothing. But it's not like an event, how it's described here, that I meet somebody, oh, I met you, yeah? Or I hit something, yes? But seeing nothing has a huge effect. It, it, to me, it's sense, a sense of presence and spaciousness is available at all times. Yeah? I've, and see, I think, my feeling is, there's an aspect of mind that's all that it's doing is seeing nothing. And because it's seeing nothing, it never stops because it doesn't run into anything to see. And I believe that's its nature. That's what I am, the awareness that's seeing nothing. And that would be the best thing it could ever do to see itself. It's like awareness seeing itself, eternally seeing nothing. Yeah? It's a sense of that. It's not that large, but it downloads as a presence here. And a, and a, a sense felt um, effect. But I can't say it's an experience because I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> and there's no one seeing it. <laughs> and there's no, there's no before the, the experience and after the experience. It's, you know, at any moment you're in it. Yeah? There's not a starting point or an end point or a middle point. It's always right wherever it is, that's it. It's always completely that's it wherever and whatever it is. Yeah? It's got, and then this effect impresses on mind. It impresses on mine, 
and what impresses on mind seeks for expression. And you become the, the expressor of that, yes? You travel as that. So the impression seeks expression. Just like all the impressions of conditioning are seeking expression, and they found it through self-centeredness. Yes? By being attributed to a thing, all these qualities, those qualities can demonstrate through that thing and manifest. Well, the same activity, if there's an entertaining of no thing, the no-thingness will manifest through the thing. Yes? And the point is, it doesn't even have to manifest. The little manifestations intimate it's always manifest because it's non-manifest, yeah? It's always so because it's prior, from, prior to manifesting. So the, the little jewels that are happened, the little intimations, you get the sense of the always so-ness of it. And that has a... a it, it, um, it sends a shock in the system, yes? The system... in a way, becomes more available, available to larger downloads, in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then for me, this is the seat assignment. My seat, this is seat, and the seat assignment doesn't have my name on it. As soon as the music starts, I can get up. Yeah? Everyone just finds himself in manifestation as a seat assignment. Yeah? It's not my seat. This is, I, I'm this. You're never this, because the music always comes back up. You've got to get up. You walk around and notice that. Now you know, now I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a this or that. Yes? This is just a seat assignment. But because some some impression of mind needs to express. So it finds this opportunity and uses it. Yeah. And that's that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you win the door prize. <laughs> but you still have to pay for the shirt. <laughs> so, uh, yes? Oh. Um, I thought I was getting out of here. One more. Okay, <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no, no. Well, what, what, <clears throat> what I'm hearing is, uh, or watching happen, <clears throat> as I'm listening to you, is that there's a part that See, the context of that is the same scene. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The seeing is in every ball game. Yeah. The seeing is precedes everything. Yeah. So I need to. I mean, I've seen your doing, articulating something to us, and. 
you're still working at it. Yeah. You know, and like then the, what's behind the, the words and then the work that's going on is like, yeah, this is good. It's there good, you go. but like, you know. Uh, yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. That's it, yes. Yeah. It's nice for it to be seen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just an energy thing. There's a lot of different downloads. Some are printed with language, yes, others come in a different form and then get translated, attempted to be language. But obviously you can never capture the flavor because it's in a way, I know we call it the same thing, but it's like from a different realm, you know? It's like a, got different, totally different quality. So it, it has to be digested and like regurgitated and then sort of formatted into words, yeah? But hopefully the words still carry a little bit of its flavor. Yeah? And the flavor is, the words are just the vehicle, but the flavor is what, that's the message, the flavor. The words are just an excuse to get it out there. Because the, everyone's mail slot <laughs> in their front door is conceptual. Yeah? We're using words to, to deliver something. But if the message, you know, you open, there's the envelope and all the writing, but the message, when you open the envelope, that's nothing. That's the message. <laughs> That's, you've been invited, really. Yeah. Hmm? I'd say it's both. Yes, but those are just words. But there is a even the attempt of putting words on it conveys the honoring of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. No matter how clumsy a fit the word may be, if it's if there's an honoring of that within the attempt, yeah, you're attempting to sort of. Yeah, it's a very strong honoring of what can, you know, because it's beyond, you know. We had a hard, yesterday we, I, we were doing a program, a recovery thing, and uh, man, a download of a lot of sadness came, you know, a huge amount of sadness about the plight, you know, of a lot of people I know. And nothing was made of it, you know, and there was no words on it. It was just downloading and uh, finding expression, yeah. A deep impression on mine, to, for me, finding expression out here. For the expression of it, it's sort of like a completion in a way, yes? It's, it's not seeking to hold on to a form anymore. It's been expressed and it can let go, yeah? It's not like backed up. It's holding on to a form. You know, it hasn't had it hasn't had the opportunity to come out to manifest. But when it manifests, it, had, it goes back to formlessness. It's really nice. But it can be in the mental sphere, taking a mental form until that happens. Yes. Yeah. It's because it wants to manifest. But it's not able to manifest yet. So it's manifesting in the mental realm, which is a burden to the one who thinks it's a self, or whatever you want to call that. But when it gets to manifest, that burden is released, because now it has found form, and it goes back to its nature, which is formless. It's when form, when, when formlessness is aborted, you know, or tempted to, kept, to be kept not form, tends to have that urge. Yeah? Because things are here to come and go. That's what, that's what manifestation is here, isn't it? 
things manifest and they go. All right. That's that. What do we do next? Let's have some music, David. Can we? Please? Yeah, Keep it simple tonight. This is a mantra which is Om Namah Shivaya.
true. I made a lover of God. We were both singing, singing in June. I made a lover of God, a lover of mercy.
Trusted friend, I may.